You still want to show me your cucumber? We'll put out all points full of them. We'll set up roadblocks everywhere. Well, I wish you'd explain it to me sometime, Buster. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're talking about apples. I know, how much can I say about apples? Well, remember, I'm the kind of guy who if you ask what time it is, I can tell you how to make a watch. But the reason that I wanted to talk about apples today, and this may sound weird, apples have played a very big part in my life. I know, how could apples play a big part in somebody's life? Well, first of all, I've always loved apples. I think they're really tasty. But apples have always been big for the eating, for the pies, for the applesauce. But also, the very first paying job that I ever had was at an apple farm. I was 15 years old and got my first job picking apples and learning all about an apple orchard. So I'm going to talk about that a little today as well. Now, as I mentioned, apples have always been big in my life. One of the first things that I remember my grandmother cooking was homemade applesauce. And since we're talking about apples, I'm going to give you a very simple applesauce recipe at the end. You'll love it. And you'll be able to share a little bit of the sensory feelings that I have for apples if you decide to try it. It's so simple. But the applesauce that my grandmother made was just so good. And the biggest memory I have of it is the way the house smelled when she was making applesauce. Because to make homemade applesauce, what you do is you cut up apples and you put them on the stove and you cook them. And as you're cooking them with sugar and spice, oh, the smell of the apples simmering in a little juice or a little water on the stove. And then you put in some seasoning and that fills the house. If you've ever gotten a Yankee candle like Macintosh flavor or the apple cinnamon or anything with apple in it, and you light that up and that fills the house, that gives you a vague glimpse of what applesauce cooking in the house smells like. Oh, it's a smell that you can't beat. The apple, the cinnamon, the nutmeg. Oh my goodness, there is no better fall smell in the world than homemade applesauce cooking on the stove. And I remember my grandmother making it, and I remember her letting me help. I mean, help as much as you can when you're a little kid. But she would let me help peel the apples, because you always want to peel the apples, of course, and cut up the apples in small pieces. And then she'd put them in a pot on the stove. And you put a little water in or you put a little juice in, depending on how you're cooking it. And then to my little kid mind, these magical seasonings. I didn't know what she was putting in at the time. I just knew she was seasoning stuff in there and it just made it smell and taste so good. Now, homemade applesauce is totally different from that stuff you buy in a jar at the supermarket. The stuff you buy in the jar is very smooth, no lumps in it. Kind of apple-ish in its taste, but it's nothing compared to really fresh homemade applesauce. Now, me personally, I loved the lumpy apples that were in the applesauce that my grandmother made. You don't have to leave yours that way, and I'll tell you at the end how to do it if you decide to do it. But my grandmother's applesauce, she would serve it to us fresh off the stove, so the applesauce would be warm, and it would have chunks of apple in it. Obviously, since you've been cooking it, it's not crispy apple, but it's good chunky, flavorful apple. And having it warm? Oh, it was so good. I remember that taste. The other good thing about fresh apples, which of course you only get in the fall, is homemade apple pie. Oh yeah, that's like heaven in a pie crust. If you make a fresh homemade apple pie, cook that in the oven, serve that warm, 
The applesauce is so good, but the apple pie, if it's homemade, delicious. Now, my dad always loved homemade apple pie. Some people like their apple pie with a little whipped cream on it. Some people like it with a little vanilla ice cream on it. My dad always got apple pie with a slice of cheddar cheese. Now, as a kid, I never understood why, but my dad had to have Cracker Barrel sharp yellow cheddar cheese to go with his apple pie. Now, as a kid, I didn't understand it. I didn't question it because it was dad and dad liked what dad liked and that was just the way it was. So I just accepted that cheddar cheese was a thing that you ate with apple pie. It really wasn't until I got out of the house that I saw that people would put ice cream with apple pie or whipped cream with apple pie. I just thought that cheddar cheese was the thing that went with apple pie. It wasn't until years later that I kind of began to understand it. Because if you think about it, cheddar cheese is kind of sharp and kind of salty. An apple pie, if made correctly, is very sweet and very tasty. So kind of like what you do with chocolate-covered pretzels. You get the sweet chocolate and the salty pretzels and you put them together into a snack. You do the same with a sharp cheddar cheese and the slice of apple pie. It's a little sweet, it's a little salty, it's a little sharp. And that was the way my dad loved it. Now I've mentioned this to other people and they say, Really? Cheese and pie? But I look at them the same way and say, really? You don't put cheese with your apple pie? What is wrong with you? But I guess it's a part of how you grew up. I grew up with cheddar cheese as an integral part of apple pie. Now, to be honest, I haven't had cheddar cheese with apple pie in a long time, but I haven't had any fresh apple pie in a long time. But you can bet the next time I have homemade apple pie, I'm going to throw a slice of cheddar down on the plate, if for no other reason than as a tribute to my dad. And I have tried it in the past, and it's surprisingly good. So if you've never tried it, Next time you have some apple pie, even if it's a Sara Lee frozen pie, grab a piece of cheddar, throw it with the pie, give it a try. You might be pleasantly surprised. Now, don't forget that I grew up in a time when fresh baked foods and fresh prepared dishes like applesauce and apple pie was the norm. You didn't run out to the store and go to the bakery section or go to the frozen food section or go to the prepared foods aisle and get applesauce or apple pie. You just made it. So my mom was always buying apples at the supermarket, Macintosh apples, Red Delicious apples, Granny Smith apples. She would buy those and use those in her baking. And so we always had apples in the house. Now, when I turned 15, I was looking for work. I really wanted to earn my own money. I wanted to earn my own money for a couple of reasons. A, to have it. And B, I knew that I was going to be getting a car when I turned 17. So I wanted to have money for the car and for insurance and for all the stuff I knew I was going to get for this fancy car I anticipated buying. I wasn't sure at that time what I was going to have, but I knew that I'd need money for it. So at 15, I started looking for some kind of job, any kind of job. I needed to make money. And as I was preparing today's episode, I was trying to remember how I came across the job at the Hacklebarney Orchard and Cider Mill. The Hacklebarney Orchard and Cider Mill was about three miles from my house. It was right near the park that we went to when we were hanging out and wanted to get away from the house, which was quite often when I was a teenager. And I don't remember exactly how I found out about the job. I seem to have a vague recollection of riding my bike from the park and seeing a sign that said help wanted. But I can't swear to you that that's how I came to the job. I think that's how I did. Because don't forget, the area that I grew up was kind of remote at the time. There were not a lot of shops, not a lot of businesses around. We were still in pretty much heavy farmland. So we had all different kinds of farms, and one of the farms happened to be an apple orchard. And one way or the other, I wound up at the Hacklebarney Orchard in Cider Mill, and I applied for the job, and they hired me. The interview process wasn't very stringent. 
I'm pretty sure they looked at me, saw that I had two working legs and two working arms and said, okay, kid, you're hired. Because what they needed was somebody to pick apples. Well, not just pick apples. Pick apples, haul apples, carry apples, stock shelves, lift crates of apples, pour apples into the cider press, carry jugs of cider. I mean, it was a very labor-intensive job. And they looked at me and said, he looks healthy. You're hired, kid. And so that was my first job. That's what I learned to do. I learned how to pick apples. You think that that would be an easy thing, except it's not. Because apple trees are not just five feet tall and you reach up and pick apples. Apple trees can go up to 15, 20 feet tall. And so they taught me how to move ladders around the orchard, how to climb the ladders without breaking my neck, how not to climb in the trees to pick apples because you'll break the tree or damage the branches. They showed me the specialized buckets that they used and I learned to use them. It's kind of like a backpack except you wear it on the front of you and the bottom of the bag is tied to the pack itself. The pack itself is more like a bucket than a pack and it has a canvas bottom on it. And the canvas bottom has two ties and you pull the bottom up over the bottom of what would be the bucket and you tie them off on the bucket. Then you fill the bucket with apples as you're climbing the tree. You fill it with apples. And then you climb down the ladder. You go to the crate where you're dropping the apples. You untie the ties and let the apples fall out of the bottom of the pack. Then you climb back up the ladder, rinse and repeat. It's not complicated. It's just labor intensive because you're up and down the ladder 50, 75, 100 times a day. Because I would start work after school. I would leave school, get home for a quick snack, then ride my bike to the cider mill head out to the orchard, and pick apples for three hours before it got dark. And of course you had to sort the apples. You couldn't just mix apples because people don't like mixed apples. If you're shopping for Macintosh apples, you want to make sure you're getting Macintosh. If you're shopping for Gala, you want Gala. There's Empire, there's Fuji, there's Red Delicious, there's Granny Smith, there's Golden Delicious. And believe it or not, they all have different flavors. And I learned this because one of the perks that I had was I could eat as many apples as I wanted. Which sounds great until you've had two apples and then you pretty much don't want any more. It's like going to McDonald's and learning, I can eat as many fries as I want. After one pack of fries, you're probably pretty much done. But it was great because I could not only eat as many apples as I wanted, but I was also free to take home a bushel of apples a day if I wanted that many. Turns out, even a family of five can't eat that many apples. But I had apples all the live long day if I wanted them. So yeah, I learned how to pick apples, I learned how to climb trees, I learned how to place ladders, and one of the other things that I learned, how to drive a tractor. Because one of the things you have to do is get the apples from the back of the orchard up to the barn where you're selling them. Because the orchard would open up on the weekends, they had a farm store there, and they would sell apples by the bushel, by the bag, by the crate. And so we had to make sure the farm store was well stocked with apples. And in order to do that, you had to bring the apples from the back of the orchard to the store. And of course, you could carry a case from the back, but the orchard was huge. I don't remember how huge, it was just huge. And bringing one case of apples on foot to the farm store, very inefficient. We had a tractor, we had a farm cart, and one of the things I learned was how to load up the farm cart with the crates of apples, all of which were separated, all of which were properly labeled, and then drive the tractor from the back of the orchard to the front. And of course, from the front of the orchard to the back of the orchard, obviously I'm driving it both ways. So although I'd had driving experience in my aunt's Bronco years before this, this was the first time that I was on my own powering anything with four wheels and an engine. Now, if you've ever seen a farm tractor, you know they don't get up to speed. The speed of a farm tractor may be five miles an hour. But boy, did I get that thing going. I got it up to five in a hurry. But only empty, only outbound. You didn't race with the apples on the back. 
because the last thing you wanted to do was pick up all the apples you spilled as you came hot-rotting from the back of the orchard up to the farm store. But yeah, I learned how to load up apples, how to maximize space, how to maneuver the tractor through the orchard, and was all part of the gig. The other thing I learned, how to make apple cider. This is one of those things that you just assume happened somewhere along the line. I never knew how to make apple cider until I worked at this place. Apple cider was something I loved, something I craved because it was so good. It's very different from apple juice. Apple juice is filtered and clear and has none of the good tastiness of fresh apple cider. Fresh apple cider really tastes good. It's got that strong, sweet, farm-fresh flavor if you get a good batch of apple cider. Now, the apple cider we made wasn't pasteurized. It wasn't processed. We literally squeezed the apples, put it into containers, and sold it at the counter. Now, to make that cider, what you do is you gather up all of the weird apples. That's the way I looked at it. You were using the weird apples. A lot of the apples in apple cider were what we called drops. Now, drops were the apples that dropped off the tree and landed on the ground. Ordinarily, at a farm market, at least at the farm market that I worked at, they didn't sell the drops to the customers. The only apples the customers bought were the ones that were picked by hand off of the tree. I would pick the apples, get them into the containers. They were taken from the containers into the bags or the baskets or the crates that they sold in the store. That way you minimized bruising, bad apples. And as I'm picking them, I'm going through them to make sure that they didn't have worms or rot or any problems on them. I was the quality control for the apples that the customers were buying. If there was something wrong with the apple, then I was instructed to just drop it on the ground. So my job would consist of two things, getting the apples for sale, which were the apples that I picked, and then other times my job was to go out and go around under the trees and pick up all of the drops, which were either the ones that I dropped myself or that just naturally dropped off the tree. Now, these didn't have to be sorted. Apple cider, at least the way we made it, was not based on any particular kind of apple. It was whatever was on the ground. So I would put together crates of dropped apples, and I would do just a special run for drops, because in a huge orchard, you're going to get a whole lot of drops. And so I would have crates and crates of dropped apples, and we'd haul those over to the cider mill part of the farm store. And this part of the store was open to anybody who wanted to see it. And on the weekends, the place was packed, because in the fall, people would go out to the country, go want to pick apples, or go want to buy cider. And one of the things they could do while they were waiting to get into the store, or just to spend the day in the country, was watch the cider being made. Now, the cider press is a huge machine, which looks like a combination of a slow-motion wood chipper and a drill press. That's the best way that I can describe it, because here's what you do. You would take the crates of dropped apples and drop them in the opened end of this wood chipper-like thing. And this wood chipper-like thing would chop up the apples, core and all, peel and all, everything. It would just create this mash. And the mash was fed into a tank, and there was a hose attached to the tank. And you would use that hose to fill up these wooden frames that were lined with burlap. So you'd fill the wooden frame up with this brown mash of the apple essence until the frame was full. Then you'd fold over the flaps of the burlap that were lining the wooden frame and put another wooden frame on top of it, another thing of burlap, fill that one up. And you'd make these 15 or 20 frames high. Then you would slide that over under what looked like a drill press. For those who don't know, a drill press is a machine where you have a handle and you lower the drill bit into wood or steel or whatever you're drilling a hole into and you would manually force the drill into the opening that you were making. Well, with the frames of apple mash, you put it under a large press that hydraulics would force down onto these wooden frames and squeeze the bejesus out of this apple mash. 
And this squeezed bejesus is what your apple cider is. Now, I seem to remember there was a filtration system of some kind, you know, to get out the big things. But that was it. That was the apple cider we sold. And oh my God, it was so good. It sounds like it would be apple juice, except apple juice is very filtered and very pasteurized to kill all the germs. We didn't bother with all that. This was fresh pressed apple cider. That's how we made it. That's how we sold it. And yeah, I could take apple cider home too. Not a lot because it's a process and you have to pay for the process. But I was able to take apple cider home and boy, I was guzzling apple cider that fall. So that's how I became associated with and very close to apples in my early life. And I've still retained that love for apples to this day. I still love apples with peanut butter on them. I still like a good apple pie. An apple is still one of the easiest snacks to have. It's just grab an apple and bite. It's great. And I can appreciate the different flavors and styles of apples thanks to my time in the orchard from Macintosh to Gala to Golden Delicious. By the way, Red Delicious, very boring apple. It's called Red Delicious because it looks delicious. But of all of the apples that I've eaten in my life, Red Delicious, probably the most boring. They don't have a lot of flavor. They don't have a lot of juice. Nobody uses them in recipes because they don't have a lot of that apple flavor. You want a Macintosh. You want a Gala. You want a Fuji. You want a Honeycrisp. You want a Rome. You want an Empire. So if you're out shopping for apples, my suggestion is pick anything but Red Delicious. Now, as I promised at the beginning, I'm going to give you a recipe for applesauce. Now, if you've never had homemade applesauce, this is going to be a very different experience for you. And if you've never had warm applesauce, that also is going to be a different experience for you. But it is such a tasty treat and it is so easy to make. I highly recommend you give it a try. I'm going to give you the basic recipe for the most basic of applesauces you can make. But I'm also going to give you a couple little hints that you can throw in to make it a little more flavorful, a little more interesting if you want to try it. So here you go. The first thing you need is about three pounds of apples. When I say three pounds of apples, you can usually go with six to seven medium-sized apples. You can use Macintosh. Macintosh are the standard apple. I go with Macintosh if I can't use anything else. But if you want to get fancy, try to find a Gala or a Honeycrisp or a Golden Delicious. Any of those will work too. Or if you want to mix it up, you can try a little bit of everything. Two, two, and do. You need to peel and core your apples. When I say core the apples, that means take that center part where all the seeds and the stem are, take that out. Now, there's two ways you can do it. Well, actually, there's 912 ways to do it. But the easiest way to do it is buy an apple corer. You can get just an apple corer or you can get an apple corer and slicer. The apple corer slicer is a device that looks like a torture device, really. It's a frame with six blades in it that meet around a circle in the middle. And what you do is you put the circle in the middle over the core of the apple. Just put the stem right through the circle, put it on a countertop and push down and you automatically slice the apple into six pieces. You don't have to do it that way. That's just an easy way to do it. There's another specialty knife called an apple corer, and you just dig that into the apple and cut around until you core the apple. You take the core out. Whichever one you use, I recommend using it after you've actually peeled the apple. Just get an apple peeler and peel the skin off the apple, then core it and slice it. It's a little bit of work. I know that it is, but anything that's good is worth the effort. Trust me. As I said, you're going to slice it. If you've used the slicer, you have six pieces. Just cut those pieces in half lengthwise and in half widthwise. And that's how you want it sliced. Throw those apple pieces in a saucepan. Get a half a cup of water. Get two tablespoons of lemon juice. Get about a third of a cup of white sugar. And get a quarter teaspoon of salt. Bring it to a boil. 
and then reduce the heat all the way down to just about as low as you can and let it simmer. You're going to let it simmer for about 25 to 30 minutes. While it's simmering, you can cover it and make sure you stir it about every five minutes so it doesn't stick to the bottom of the pan. And then it's done. That's it. That's all you have to do. You just let it simmer on the stove for 25 to 30 minutes and you have homemade applesauce. You take it off the heat, you let it cool a little bit, and then you can serve yourself a little bowl of warm applesauce. While it's cooking, you'll love the smell. But after it's done cooking, you'll love the taste. That is basic applesauce. If you find you like the flavor but don't like the chunks, what you can do, take the whole batch, put it in a blender, or put it in a food processor and chop it up so it's all smooth, then you have smooth applesauce. Me personally, I like the chunks. If you want to get a little fancy with your applesauce, when you put everything into the pan, add a teaspoon of ground cinnamon and add a half a teaspoon of ground nutmeg. That will give you a little bit of a flavor that's slightly different, but very autumnal in your homemade applesauce. You can put in just cinnamon, you can put in just nutmeg, or you could put in both and give it a try. Instead of white granulated sugar, you could substitute brown sugar, light brown sugar, dark brown sugar, either one of those. You could even mix. You can put in a quarter of a cup of white sugar, a little less than a quarter cup of brown sugar. You can mix and match. As I've said in many episodes, cooking is like jazz. You can't really screw it up if you stay close to the recipe. You can make modifications. You can adjust it a little bit, put in a little more sugar, put in a little less lemon juice. But you have the basic structure for homemade applesauce. And now you can go crazy with it if you want. And trust me when I tell you, there is no better taste that reminds you of autumn, that reminds you of fall, that feels good at this time of year than homemade applesauce. Give it a try. I think you'll be glad you did. Well, there you have it. There's our stories about apples. I bet you didn't know anybody could have so many stories about apples, did you? But you know what? Apples are great. They're tasty. They fill you up. They're pretty cheap. And on a fall day... It's a lot of fun to go out, pick apples, go to the orchard, sample the cider, have an apple tart, have a slice of apple pie, have an apple fritter. Apples are real good. And thanks to apples, that's one of the reasons that I got my first car. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of things. I really do appreciate your support, and I can't thank you enough. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.